Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerefil enbiyeyi vel mursalin Muhammedun Resulullahi sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. Tesliman kathiran kathira. Ama badu. My brothers and sisters, there are two ways to lead our lives. Two ways to live our lives. One way is to live our life according to our desires, any way I like. As long as I like it, as long as I'm happy, that's fine. The other way is to live our life as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to live our life. So two ways. In Urdu we say, Man chahi zindagi or Rab chahi zindagi. What we like to do and what Allah wants us to do. Now, it may sound as if I'm talking about two opposite things. But it's not two opposite things. If you take the life of Rasulullah which is the standard for us, then the what he liked to do was obviously what Allah liked to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes for us to worship him compulsorily five times a day. Rasulullah is to do that. So if you ask Rasulullah what was the what is his favorite thing, and we know from many hadith, he called it Khurratul Ain. He said, This is the coolness of my eyes. He used he would say, Arehna ya Bilal. Oh Bilal, give us relief, relaxation. Take away the tension. By doing what is it called the other? Let us start Salah. Sayyid Aisha Siddhiqa said that he would be sitting with us and he would be engaged with the family and he would be laughing and so on. Suddenly he would hear the other and it would be like he is a complete stranger because he would be attracted to the other, to the sound of Allahu Akbar so beautifully. So if you take his life and say what he liked to do and what Allah liked for him is the same. So there is no conflict between the two. I mean, when, we, when you put it like this, it seems as if there is a... No. The reason I'm saying that is because that's exactly our situation, how it should be. There should be no conflict between what we like and what Allah likes for us. And the logical reason for that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes for us that which is intrinsically good for us. This is one of the most beautiful things about Islam which you can absolutely say it with complete confidence that there is absolutely nothing in the Sharia, nothing in the Islamic law that goes against human nature or which is by itself or intrinsically harmful for a human being. Absolutely nothing. There is nothing at all. Not in the food which is permitted, not in the food which is prohibited, not in the ways of earning a living which are permitted and prohibited, not in the ways of relating to each other which are permitted and prohibited, not in our entertainment which is permitted and prohibited, right? Nothing. Every single thing which is permitted in Islam is intrinsically beneficial for the human being and everything which is prohibited is intrinsically harmful for the human being. Many years ago, almost 
close to 30 years ago in 1998 or something, I uh, was the same Fatiha dinner in UMass. So I was there in that dinner and uh, I spoke there. There was an introduction to Islam or something. And at the end of that, there was a, a lady who stood up in the back and she, she was not Muslim. She stood up in the back and she said, uh, what is the Sharia law? So I said, the Sharia is the way in which any intelligent, socially conscious, responsible, decent human being would like to live their life. That is the Sharia. You don't need to be a Muslim to do that. So for example, in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us to eat certain things which are halal. If you look at any of them, none of them, not one of them is harmful for us. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited certain things. Every single one of them is harmful for us. Now, point I'm making here is that unfortunately today, we live in an environment, in a society, which is based on the opposite principle, which is, if you like it, it's good. As long as you are happy, it's okay. You must have heard this statement from many people. Oh, it's okay, you know, as long as they are happy. How can it be okay as long as somebody is happy? For example, somebody who is ODing on on drugs. Is that person happy doing that or unhappy doing that? Somebody who is taking drugs, is he happy or not happy? He is happy. I mean, that's why he is taking it. I mean, why would he not be happy? If he is not happy, if, he, if, if taking drugs, drug is bothering, he won't take it. Right? He is taking drugs, he is happy. Somebody getting drunk is very happy getting drunk. Somebody committing zina, somebody who is fornicating, is very happy doing that. So how can it be okay? Happiness, personal happiness is a completely, you know, completely unsuitable and completely wrong uh, characteristic or standard to judge what is good and what is not good. Personal happiness cannot be. There are people who are literally, you know, their minds are zonked. I mean, the people who, who love, for example, child pornography, the people who love pornography, addiction to pornography, they're very, very happy. How can that be? How can that be a standard to say that as long as you're happy? Islam says no. That's not a standard. Standard is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is happy about. And Allah is happy about something which is good for you and it is good for everyone around you. Now, our problem is, one, that we live in, an, in a world and an environment which encourages the opposite, which is personal happiness and God is nowhere in the picture. I was in, uh, in Bennington and one of, these, one of the young, young guys there, he was wearing a t-shirt on the back of that says, We want Susan, not Jesus. So I asked him, who's Susan? He said, no, you know. I said, is it your, is it your girlfriend or something? No. I said, you had to write this. Eh? We want Susan. Okay, you want Susan? Good. Stop, stop with that. Not Jesus. Was that necessary? I mean, you are a Christian. 
No, I'm not a Christian. I don't care about God. All right. It's raining outside. It's, I don't care about rain. Walk around in the rain. Will you get wet? <laughs> what does it matter? If there is a reality, you are not caring about it. Doesn't change the reality. The reality is real. Allah is real. So this is one problem. One problem of ours is that we are now. Therefore, what we do, a lot of us, may Allah forgive us, we pick and choose. We pick and choose from the religion. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made alcohol haram. He made gambling haram. He made eating pork haram. He made zina, fornicating, having extra, uh, extra marital or premarital sex. Allah made it haram. Right? I'll give you one example. Take, for example, a young college guy who is in college and he says, you know, premarital sex, no man, everybody is having fun, let me have fun. All right, no problem, you have fun. Now, at some point in time, you get married. Now your wife says, I want to have fun. Now what? I mean, I got you every day when you know, let, let me find, here's a nice looking guy, you know, just one day. What do you say? Because she's applying the same standard, the same standard that you applied, which is that sex without marriage or outside of marriage is okay. So why do you object to that? You say, no problem, most welcome, you know, let, let's make a deal every Saturday. Not really, I mean, we have to see, this is what we do, we, we pick and choose. You tell somebody, pork, astaghfirullah iladim. What about eating the non-Zabiya meat? Sheikh, no problem. Say Bismillah and eat. So say Bismillah and eat pork also. No difference. Because maitan and pork, dead and pork is the same. I don't make the rules. I, I tell people very clearly. Don't look at me. I don't make the rules. And I don't break the rules. And for better or worse, because of the position that I have, whether I like it or not, I have to speak the truth. I have to tell you the rules. If you don't like that, that's not my problem. I don't mean you guys. I'm just saying, you know, this goes all over the world. That's <laughs> I'm saying it to whoever needs it. We cannot pick and choose. And if you pick and choose, what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked this question. Allah said, أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْدِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْدِ Allah said, is it that you pick something from the book and you leave out the rest? وَمَا جَزَاءُ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ What is the jaza? What is the reward of somebody who does that? إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Except... Difficulty and trouble and trials and tribulations and accidents and sickness and loss in this life. Allah said, and after having this terrible life, on the day of judgment, they will be put into the worst, ashaddil azab, the most difficult, the worst of punishment. And Allah is not unaware. Who is this being said to? Not to the kuffar. Not to the mushrikeen, not to somebody who said there is no God, not to the atheist. This is for the Muslims 
who want to pick and choose. I take this and I don't take that. So, we need to be careful. Now, between these two ways of leading your life, the way I love it and the way Allah loves it, why would you choose the one that Allah loves? Because we are Muslim and therefore we believe in the Day of Judgment. Because we are Muslim, we believe that this life is not all that there is. This life is only a very small piece of all that there is. The rest of life, which is literally uncountable, there is no you know, account of that, how many years and so on, is after we die. You know, many times you must have heard somebody, oh, you know, so-and-so passed away peacefully, you know, all his troubles are ended. And if suppose if the person was sick, say, you know, his, his pain is over. I don't quite say that to people, but the reality of life is, if that person died without Islam, if that person died having denied Allah or his kitab or his book or Rasulullah or something, his trouble now started. His trouble didn't end. Now his trouble starts. And the trouble that starts now is never going to end. That is the reality. I mean, the, the death is the door which opens. And what it opens into is what we create for ourselves. And that is why this life is very short, but it's very important. So why would you choose that? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us very clearly, Kullu nafsin Allah said, if you live, you will die. Every living thing will die. وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Allah said, and truly on the day of judgment, you will be paid your rewards in full. فَمَنْ زُحْزِعَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاسْ And Allah gave us a mi'ar, He gave us a, a metric, a measurement standard. And He said, only the one who is freed from the hellfire and entered into Jannah is successful. Allah did not say the CEO of Microsoft is successful. He did not say Elon Musk is successful. He didn't say the one who invents the electric car is successful. He didn't say the one who, who becomes president of the United States of America is successful. He didn't say the one who has a palace who has a car. Nothing. The one who is freed from the fire and entered into Jannah is successful. فَمَنْ زُحْزِي عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ وَمَا الْحَيَأَةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاءُ الْغُرُورِ Allah said, and this life of the world of this world is a figment of the imagination. It's it is an illusion. This is not real. What is real is what is coming. And that's why I advise myself and you, let us be very clear and very sure about what we pick and choose in this life. If we pick and choose things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. In Islam, depending on what you say and what you pick, it can take you out of Islam. If there is something which Allah has made haram and you say, no, nah, no, nah, it's okay, you know, we can try it. After all, it's a different world, different country. You have exited Islam. You have gone away. Nothing will happen. You won't grow two horns and a tail. You'll still look the same. But if you die with that aqidah to say that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited is okay, or the opposite which Allah has permitted is not okay. People make all these very loose talk. You know, you know, these barbaric punishments of chopping the hand and stoning to death. All of these should be banned. These are all barbaric punishments. You know, olden day stuff. 
People say these things. You just exited Islam. If you, if you actually said that, believing that you are no longer Muslim. It's as simple as that. You have to re-enter Islam. Say the Kalimah and come back into Islam. If you want. People say that about this. People talk about inheritance. The laws of inheritance are, are, are uh, unjust on women. They don't even understand. They don't, the thing to do is go to somebody who has knowledge and say, this is the law of inheritance in Islam that the daughter gets half a share, the, the son gets a full share or daughter gets one share, son gets two shares. Uh, please explain this to me. You know, the, the, the justice of this, please explain to me. People will explain. The people who know will explain to me. Come to me, I'll explain it to you. They don't do that. There is a difference between asking a question. Question, you can ask any question you like. Not that every question has an answer, but you can ask the question. No problem, alhamdulillah. But giving an opinion, that's a different ball game altogether. So if you take and think and say, no, the, the, the inheritance laws in Islam are, are unjust, you have exited Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made two genders. Yes? Two genders. Supposing you say, no, 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 no. There can be many genders. <laughs> many genders. It's not a question of logically arguing with you know, which many genders. No, no, no. If Allah said he made two genders and you say there are many genders and you are going against the kal- kalam of Allah, you're going against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, therefore, you have gone. If somebody said, in this particular matter, people say all these things. I mean, all of these things people say. If somebody says, in this particular matter, Rasulullah did not really explain this properly. Or he didn't explain it completely. Or he left out a piece. You have exited Islam. You have gone, you have committed kufr. Kufr billah. And you have gone out of Islam. You are no longer a Muslim. If you die, you have died without Islam. They can pray Salatul Janaza on you inside the Kaaba. You will still go to Jahannam. Makes no difference. Don't think that just because where is, uh, where is uh, Ubay bin Salul, where is he buried? In Baqi. Next to Basid and Nabi Sharif. Who prayed Salatul Janaza on him? Rasulullah sallam. What was he? What was his kafan? The dress, the, 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 the thobe of the Nabi alayhi salam, which touched the body of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Ubay bin Salul was buried in that because his son Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul was a sahabi and he came to Rasulullah Ya Rasulullah, my father has done all kinds of things. Please, I want Allah to forgive him. Please give me your, your thobe. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took it up and gave it to him. When the Salatul Janazah was over, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Quran. The ayat of Surah Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, even if you ask Forgiveness for these people, 70 times Allah will not forgive. Nothing matters except being right with Allah. If the, if the, what is Salatul Janaza? I, I, whoever was today. Salatul Janaza is Dua Maghfirat, right? That is the, we are asking Allah. This is our intercession with Allah for the person. Whose intercession is more powerful than the intercession of the Nabi alayhi salam himself and all the Sahaba standing behind him? Allah said, no. 
What this man has done, I will not forgive. Even if, and not only that, Allah said, even 70 times if you ask also, I will not give it. So please, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a beautiful religion. And as I was saying yesterday, one sentence, La ilaha illallah Muhammadu Rasulullah, gives us, inshallah, the shade of the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. And inshallah, this will get us into Jannah. Don't ruin it for yourself. Do not ruin it for yourself. What you don't know, go and ask. Ask people who know, go and ask. Otherwise, the safest thing is to keep your mouth shut. What you don't say, nobody can hold you responsible for. But once you speak, once you act, then you are responsible. Right? Make absolutely certain that we say nothing whatsoever, which either directly or indirectly or by implication seems to be a criticism of Allah or His Kitab or the Rasul alayhi salam or the uh, whatever Rasul alayhi salam decided or ordered. If it is that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Fala wa rabbika. The eye is so, so strong. Fala wa rabbika. Allah is taking an oath by Himself. Allah is saying, no, by your Rabb. فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِي مَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَلَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجٍ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِمًا Allah said, they will not have Iman. They do not have Iman until they accept whatever you have decided. Ya Rasulullah and they do not even have in their hearts any disagreement, any feeling of disagreement about that and they accept what you say with tasleep. Just give, it, give this a little bit of thought. In Islam, the basic fundamental principle is, as I just mentioned to you, as long as you don't say it and as long as you don't do it, you are not culpable. If it is in your heart, you are not punishable for it. But in this case, where it comes to the Nabi alayhi salam and where it comes to Rasulullah salam's hukum or whatever he decided, Allah said, even if it is in your heart, you are no longer Muslim. Forget about talking about it. Even if you feel that way, Allah is, saying, Allah is taking an oath by himself. La yuminuna. They have no iman. If they do this. So please, let us protect our Iman because a day will come when whatever is there will end. Whatever we have will stay here and we go to Allah alone. Absolutely alone. Yesterday we buried my brother. I always try to go to the cemetery wherever I, whenever I can because to remind myself. In that case, he was, he was in the kafar. And there was one thin muslin cloth over that. And they said, no, yes, give me the roti. This is not necessary. Remove this. I'm thinking to myself, subhanAllah, that one piece of cloth also he can't take with him. This is life. This is life. So if we want to do something here and create stuff, believe me, the reason you did it, your action, your speech, your decision goes with you. That stuff stays here. And that's the reason why we need to be very careful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
He gave us a beautiful religion. He gave us beautiful guidance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our hearts to that guidance so that we take the guidance and we stay on the path. We ask Allah for istikhamat, for steadfastness to stay on the path so that we meet him in a state when he is pleased with us. وَصَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيِّ الْكَرِيمُ وَعَلَى عَلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ الْمَيْمِ بِرَحْمَةِ كَرْمُ رَحِم